0: Hello, Amanda here, the host of the Liquid Courage podcast. Okay, so I found out something so cool this week that I wanted to share very quickly before getting to my chat with this week's guest. So when I started releasing episodes of the pod, I figured I'd have people listening from Canada and the US, well, I hoped since I'm in Canada and most of the people I know are in North America. And I also thought maybe I'd have listeners from United Kingdom and Australia as well, since I have a few people that I love in both places. But this week, I found out where in the world people are listening from, and I am floored. Not only are people listening from the countries that I already mentioned, thank you so much, but people are also listening from Switzerland, Mexico, India, Germany, Denmark, Israel, New Zealand, Netherlands, Finland, yes, this list is still going, Ireland, Brazil, Austria, Czech Republic, Italy, Kenya, Peru, Portugal, Sweden, and turkey. I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. So I just wanted to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone listening and watching around the world. That is such a weird sentence to say. It means so much to me and it's so cool. I can't even really process how cool it actually is. And I want to hear from you. I want to connect with you. So What's been your favorite episode so far? What topics are resonating with you? What do you want to hear more of? Let me know on my Instagram at liquidcouragepodcast, on my Twitter at podcast, or on my YouTube channel. And if you have a moment, please help us out by following, subscribing, and leaving a review, if you want. Again, thank you so, so much. And I can't wait to connect with you. All right, now for this week's episode. Cheers. Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little Liquid Courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today, I sit down with Trish Renoni and enjoy some pretty pink wine. Trish enjoys some strawberry wine from Algoma Highlands while I sip on some rosé from Sandbanks Winery. I first learned about Trish because of the award-winning digital series My Roommate's and Escort, which she created and starred in alongside Katie Allman. Since then, Trish has continued to create her own work and started the production company 180 Sisterhood Productions with producer Rebecca Heron. Together, they aim at bringing more filming opportunities to Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and in less than a year, they already have a handful of films under their belt a podcast, and are currently working on a horror feature film. As a performer, Trish won Best Actress for her role in the film One Night Stand at the Crownwood International Film Festival, and can be seen on Amazon Prime Video playing Top Dog in the award-winning series Pink Is In. So Trish is a writer, a director, a comedic actress, and a woman I admire immensely.
1: Hi Trish! I know we were
0: just chatting but whenever I hit record I feel like it's a whole new like oh my god hi a whole new call again it's like it really is yeah. well cheers i know you're over here in the hotel with your cute little is it styrofoam or paper cup it's luckily paper which is better for the environment it is better for the environment
1: mm-hmm. there were no mugs otherwise i u- would have used like a glass mug and washed it in the bathroom but this is my only option yes
0: yeah, exactly i love it cheers cheers Ooh. I tried to find um, a wine that matched the color of your wine. Yeah. And what is it? Yours is like a strawberry cider or something? Like a
1: strawberry. Yeah. Like strawberry, homemade strawberry wine.
0: So I got a rosé. I feel like that's a cop out because I was trying, but I got, um, No, rosé is so good. So good. I got it from Sandbanks. Oh, I just (laughs) bought Sandbanks
1: the other night. Like, Yesterday, I bought a Sandbanks, but I bought it for my mom because I had stolen a bottle of wine from her at the last minute <laughs> on like a Sunday night for a dinner and then had to replace it. So I went and got Sandbanks. Yesterday. That's nice. That's- it's so yummy. It's great. We're on the same page. I'm going to have to try it then because I didn't actually try it.
0: Yeah. They're, um. I don't know if you like red wine, but their au Noir is amazing. It's so That's good. That's the
1: one that I had stolen and brought, but then I didn't end up, we didn't drink that one. Oh, no so way. Now. Yes. Okay. And then I replaced, yeah. Still stealing booze from my mother <laughs> in my thirties. Oh yeah. in life.
0: For tonight, I was like, hey mom, do you have any? And she's like, I don't have any. I'm like, great. Okay. We're going to go get some. <laughs> so I'm yeah. on the same store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they exactly. have different hours now because of COVID. I've learned that. So on Mondays, um,
1: they're closed. Maybe not in Toronto.
0: Oh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. You know what? They need a break. Good for them. Yeah. They need a they break get- too. <laughs> Everyone yeah. needs a break times. Okay,
1: so I'm gonna try that rosé next. That was looking good.
0: Yes, it is really good, and it's not too sweet. I like a little sweet, but it's not too sweet. It's really yummy. So big fan. Ooh, yeah, yes. I suggest. I suggest. And actually, there. So before COVID, I had gone to their winery for a friend's birthday, and it is so beautiful. Where are in. We're exactly in Ontario. Is it Niagara region? It's in um, Prince Edward County, which is like two and a half <gasps> hours out of Toronto. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful there. It is. It is. And their tasting setup that they have outside is so beautiful. And they have all these like Muskoka chairs. It's, it's yeah, it's a wonderful place. uh, Once it gets warmer out to go visit. Yeah. Yeah. The wineries
1: there are beautiful.
0: Yeah. Well, Trish, I just, I adore you and have mostly just adorned you or adorn you, adored you. Oh my God. I Adorn. Adorn. Adorn is, that's a word, right? Isn't that like I've dressed you? I think it might be. We might have to look it up in the dictionary. (laughs) I think this is going back to like growing up, going to church. I'm hearing Mm -hmm. adorned as in like adorning Jesus. And I feel like adorned is dressing you in something. Yeah. I did some Jesus plays in church. I feel like we, we, yeah, I
1: think you're, I think that's right. Adorned back to like the, I'm thinking back to like Noah's Ark plays Yeah. (laughs) adorning jesus i don't know i
0: was i feel like we should google this but let's just go with it let's just go i love it let's just just, let's just improvise our way through life and yeah yes adorn means to dress dress jesus so you want to dress jesus yeah towards me yes i have adored you and also dressed you from afar uh for a number of years as jesus always as jesus um oh and I was trying to think about it. I think we've only had one full conversation when I did muster up the the courage to ask you out for coffee one time and be like, can I just pick your brain about show creating shows? And um, and that feels like so long ago. So I'm just so glad to have you back here. And I'd love to first start with so you grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Yes. And then moved to Toronto, and I I've, I moved around a lot as a kid, like with my family, but I never did Mm. a big move on my own. And I always Mm. am so curious when I hear other people have like what the experience was like. So what sort of, what made, what motivated you to move to Toronto? What made you finally make the decision? Like I'm going to do this. And what was Mm -hmm. the experience like moving there?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. Also, that was really fun going for coffee. It and was. we had a really good chat. So I'm glad you asked me. Oh, um, I feel you. like that was like three years ago now. That was a really long time ago. I think we went to Jimmy's, right? Jimmy's Coffee? Jimmy's, yeah. On just off King Street yeah, in Toronto. Yeah, it was a great shot. That's a good location. I like that one. I was there a couple of weeks ago when I was back in Toronto. I was at that Jimmy's. Uh, okay, let's now back to the question. Ooh, okay. So. I was um so I was in my 20s my dad had acquired a cafe I won't get into how but he was like hey do you want to own a cafe I'm like own a cafe so I got into the the coffee business and it was like a little joint cuz he owns a few different businesses so that was kind of something where he bought the building it had been a coffee shop he was like let's continue doing a coffee shop here you can run it Um, I bought this coffee shop basically. So I did that for maybe a year in my hometown, but I really wanted to be in film. And before that I had worked with kids with autism, which I also love. And I kind of want to get back into or start supply teaching or doing something when I'm not filmmaking, um, maybe in the new year when I have some time. But so at the time I had gotten into this like family, business and I worked my butt off for a year doing that, waking up at like four, like a ridiculous hour, like four forty-five in the morning, catering to all these businesses, cooking. Like I was making like meatballs all night. And I was like, why am I doing this with my life? This is not my passion. It is not my passion to make meatballs for myself in the middle of the night, let alone other people. Why am I like pulling my hair out for this? And I remember when I was 18, I had said that I wanted to go into film and television and someone said to me, well, you'll never make any money doing that. And then after I ran a cafe for a year and didn't make good money, I was like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to put in like crazy hours somewhere and, you know, get into a business. It might as well be the business that I love. So I started writing in this wish box because I'm ridiculous and I started like writing goals down and like reading the secret and writing out all these goals. So I was like, I want to be a film producer or I am a film producer. I am a film director. I'm a film actress. And I started writing out all the things that in my dream world I would have or be doing. And I wasn't doing any of it. I was in, you know, my hometown, serving people coffee and like dealing with all these stresses like the toilets clogging or like employees not showing up or just like i was managing 13 employees and just kind of not super happy so i was like i just wish it would like go away and i could just do what i really wanted to do and then someone came along and wanted to turn it into this like breakfast restaurant and then ultimately my dad ended up like selling the place um selling the building but it all kind of happened like right when I was daydreaming about moving to Toronto to pursue my actual dreams. And then he was like, so this is happening with the cafe. And I was like, perfect. I'm out of here. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I went to Toronto. And right before that, I had landed like a principal role in a local horror film. So I got like, it was super indie, but I got a taste of being on set um there was a character and like a character arc it was a nice little role so I had you know I had to like get into this character and kind of you know I had that firsthand film experience and I fell in love with it and I was like yes my instincts were dead on I this is what I want to do with my life so after I did that horror film then I moved to Toronto.
0: Wow do you think if you if you hadn't um worked at the cafe or sort of been like, sort of been obligated to, to run this cafe for all that time? Do you think you would have still moved to Toronto or did it, did it sort of take that experience to be like, oh no, no, I see what I don't want and now I'm gonna run towards what I want?
1: Yeah, it was definitely one of those pivotal moments where you do what you definitely don't want to do. <laughs> I love cafes. I love them so much. I love to sit on the comfy chairs in them, drinking a cappuccino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's my passion, drinking coffee, not serving it. Um, So, or I'd be happy to play a waitress on TV, but it was one of those pivotal moments. When I was a teenager, I worked at a fast food place for just a few months, and then I think I quit because I didn't like it and went to, like, some other part-time job or something. But there was a moment there when I was um, instructed to pick the gum off of the bottom of the tables. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that moment in that moment, I was like maybe 17 and I was like, I need to do something with my life. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the cafe was the same. It was kind of one of those moments where I was like, I should really be doing what I love if I'm going to get up at four o'clock in the morning to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: I've had a couple of those very pivotal moments where sometimes it takes doing what you don't, love doing to make you realize, okay, life's too short enough. I'm going to go do what I really want to do. If I'm going to put in the time and energy.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, in every, like every career is hard. Every job is hard. I'm not even quite sure how I'm defining the difference between job and career. So I'm just saying both words, like work is hard, whether you love it or not. And so it really is like, it might as well be something I love doing if it's going to be hard to do it you know? Exactly. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Well, and then full circle, you, I know you've moved back to Sault Ste. Marie, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I read, I read in an article, I think it was the Sioux Star, I believe you were saying, um, and I'm paraphrasing that, um, you feel like you have a better shot at your career in Sault Ste. Marie versus in Toronto. And I'm so curious First of all, I love that full circle idea, and I totally yeah. believe that it probably took you moving to Toronto to then see that. But what did you mean by that statement? And how do you feel like your career has more of a shot there versus in Toronto, where you originally thought? Well, when I first
1: moved to Toronto, it definitely—I had to go to Toronto to come back to the Sioux. Mm-hmm. So what I have to do in Sioux Saint Marie is create my own filming opportunities, whereas in Toronto, I'm relying on other people to give me jobs. Um, So I left the Sioux because there weren't enough filming opportunities. And then by gaining experience in Toronto, I realized I can be the one to bring opportunities Mm -hmm. to the Sioux. And um, it's actually like this summer we, so Rebecca Heron and myself opened and she's originally from Vancouver, but then we met in Toronto and then she bought a house up in the Sioux this just a couple months ago. Oh, wow. So she's up there now as well, but I really am busier than ever in the Sioux because in the Sioux, I'm create I'm co-creating these jobs, whereas in Toronto, I'm putting out auditions all the time, and not hearing back, or the odd time hearing back, which is nice when you get the job, but it's very rare that I actually book an acting job. I'm gonna say I, like probably audition hundreds of times a, year, maybe a hundred times a year. And maybe more than that, if I'm doing like, whatever. So (laughs) a lot of times, and I maybe book one thing through auditions a year. So whereas, you know, when I create my own opportunities, the work, you do the work and you get the job. Mm -hmm. So this summer, we shot a, we co-directed and produced, um, a music video. So that's releasing in the next week or two. Um, we were just working on the edit with the editor and then we produced a feature film. Um, we just produced a short film and I acted in it. And then we just, um, we're producing a web series with a guy who's originally from the Sioux, but he lives in Toronto. So he just came up and we filmed the teaser for that. And I was co-producing and acting in that one as well. So we've done, and then we're doing podcasts. We've actually done quite a bit of work in the Sioux since Rebecca <laughs> moved there a couple months ago. <laughs> so I guess it's just in Toronto, I wouldn't be able to produce as easily because I don't have as many Resources, the family and friends support, Mm -hmm. um, the community behind me. Like you said, you've read an article in the paper, and the community really does get behind these projects, and they want to see more filming happening in the Sioux. So it's kind of a community effort. Everyone helps out. We have an an amazing cast and crew there that we work with, and um, yeah, people are just really great team players there. It's you know it's easier to get locations. we're not dealing with traffic or parking, (laughs) you know, it's like a slower paced life. And yeah, it's really, I think it really is because filmmaking is so collaborative. If you find your home base and the place that works best for you, for someone else, it might be Toronto. Um, For me, I find it's the Sioux because of that community and everyone working together and that like a teamwork and camaraderie and um, just yeah, this little team that we have there. So it works for me because I feel like my family's really supportive. Friends are really supportive. Local businesses are really supportive. And I think you just really need, because it's filmmaking is such a collaborative Mm -hmm. um, medium and field, you really need to just like find your team and then grow each other and help each other and learn from each other and just, yeah, really work together.
0: Mm. I love that. And I I know, like, I feel like all the things you were listing off, plus there's so much more that you create. Like you, I feel like you're a creating machine. Like you just, anytime, anytime I go on Instagram or anytime I hear of you, I'm like, oh, she's, oh, she's directing this. Oh, this got into a festival. Oh, she's producing this. And it's different than the things she directed and got into a festival. Like, and, and I think it's incredible. And I'm curious, like I, so I started, I came into this thinking, I'm going to act only. Like I'm going to be an actor. (laughs) Well, because it and, is the best job. <laughs> it <laughs> That's is where the my most amazing thing ever. Yeah. yeah. You play make believe with a bunch of other people who are like, yep, I'll buy in a 100% to what you yeah. just said. You know, it's yes. amazing. And I wonder, like, I started creating my own work and writing my own work somewhat out of necessity and then fell in love with it, but it wasn't from a natural place of like, I want to do also be a writer. I think I found that more. I stumbled into it because I wanted acting opportunities. I'm wondering for yourself, like what made you start creating your own work? Because I do feel like your heart is an actor, but also your heart is a writer. So I wonder, yeah, I wonder how that started for you. Yeah. It, I love writing because you know, once you start writing,
1: I think acting is like acting is the most fun thing. I love it so much. Um, but I feel like you do as an actor, because you love story and you love characters and you want to get out there and act, you end up writing your own stories at first because you want to act like you said, but then you fall in love with the writing because it all goes together and it's all story and characters. And I found as soon as, I started writing a few years ago and producing my own stuff to give myself acting roles. Um, It kind of changes something in your brain. Like once you're a writer, you start to listen to conversations around you and really try to find the humor in everyday situations and you become very observant to what's going on around you. Mm. So today, for example, I'm staying at this hotel and I was um, down picking up my takeout in the restaurant and I could hear this lady saying like, that's ridiculous. I go to that hairdresser every six weeks and I would never spend $70,000 on my hair in a lifetime. Just ridiculous. So I know she's talking about Trump and him writing off $70,000 in hair care. Mm. And I'm like, that's
0: a character.
1: (laughs) So the wheels are turning and I'm like, okay, this lady's a character. I like that. And I have like a little lady wig at home. So now I'm thinking, okay, when I'm back home, I'm putting that on and I'm like ranting as this lady on TikTok or so. I don't know. I feel like you just start to see and listen to people around you and create little stories or characters around them. And I like kind of finding the funny because life isn't always very funny. So once you start writing and especially comedy, you really do always, you're always kind of on the alert for finding the funny and it makes life more entertaining. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love writing and I love just listening to people and taking those situations and putting them into some sort of comedy.
0: Yeah. I love, well, I also, I remember listening to a podcast, um, that you were on where you were mentioning finding the funny and you're mentioning that you, um, like, and I don't know if it was a real life example or a figurative example, but you were saying for, for like, yeah, like if I'm going through a breakup and I'm really upset and I'm I think you were saying like, if I'm crying, but something about the situation was funny to you. And so you were like, okay, it's okay. Out of this like heartbroken moment, I can find something funny later. And I wonder, oh, no. because, because I totally see what you're saying. And like, for me, I've mostly been writing and acting in comedic things. And so the same, mm-hmm. like often when something is sad or something's really real, you're like, there's something odd or ironic about this. But I wonder how much of being, on alert for those things, or just that natural instinct, like that writer brain, that actor brain, how much does that take away from you experiencing the moment for what it is as you as like just a person?
1: Yeah, I guess it takes away from that. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that look on your face was so great.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on the moment though. If I'm the one you were talking about, yeah, I was like crying on the street and I was going through some sort of breakup. I got like blown off for dinner. So I ran into this corner store and I grabbed an ice cream and I was mowing down on it. And then this oh, yeah, actor yeah. I know walks up to me and he's like, Trish. And I'm like, ah. but but um, I was thinking, oh, well, at least this will this will be comedy later. But you're right. In the moment, I'm like thinking about, ooh, how can I turn this into some sort of comedic scene? Um, but in a moment like that, I'm happy to be taken out of the moment and get a little laugh. Yeah, But I guess yeah. if it's like a romantic moment and I'm sitting with, which I found I did do this, um, like if I'm sitting with my boyfriend and I'm thinking about what he said as something funny that I want to tell in an online stand-up comedy routine mm-hmm. tomorrow night, maybe that's not my greatest <laughs> <friend> relationship.
0: <laughs> like it can be hard to, like even in sad moments, and I'm saying this fully because I'm there with you, like sometimes yeah, something will be sad and I'll be like talking it through with a friend and I'll think, and in my head, I'm like, maybe this is a good story for later. But I wonder if it, if it stops me from fully processing those moments, even if they are sad, like the ice cream, if you feel like humiliated or vulnerable or heartbroken or rejected. Yeah. Does it, do you think in any way, like if we're doing that on a consistent basis, does it sort of stop us from processing those feelings so we just sort of get stuck with them ideally I guess until we write it and act in it and it's out and then we're done like I don't know and then we're done with (laughs) it yeah I do think you do have to feel
1: feelings um and just process things in the moment and kind of sit in those uncomfortable situations to deal with them Mm -hmm. and then move past them you're right if you kind of just sweep over it at some point you're going to have to deal with that So I don't know, but I do find the whole, like I do find acting therapeutic, I find writing therapeutic. Um so eventually I guess even if in the moment we try to laugh at the situation, once like you said, once we write or you know, act it out or whatever, then at some point we're dealing with it. I feel like actors are definitely dealing with their emotions often. We're always thinking and analyzing our emotions and other people's emotions. So hopefully we're dealing with it. I don't know if not, maybe it's time for a therapist.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Mine's tomorrow. I'm good. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm like, Oh guys, No, but I, and I, and I do totally appreciate as well, that I think we, you know, if I'm writing something or if I'm acting in something like often like you said, that is a way to work through the emotions. And even if we weren't looking for, mm-hmm. you know, if we weren't on high alert for like fodder in our daily lives, even if that wasn't the case, it doesn't, even if you didn't, if you weren't a writer or an actor and that happened to you with the ice cream, it doesn't mean you're going to process your emotions like in a healthy way or, or most, I mean, most right. of the time you block out any crappy emotions. So then at least if you're going to write it later, you're working through it in some way, you know?
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I do find writing sessions very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Especially when you do a like group writing session with another person because then you get to talk it out and like you can say, Oh, this happened to me, and then the other person's like, That's ridiculous. I can't believe that happened to you. That's awful. And then you're like, Yeah, that is awful. Now let's make fun of that.
0: <laughs> <And write laughs> oh, I love the that. But yeah, I never would have thought of that. Are, yeah. yeah. They're
1: very therapeutic.
0: I get to um I get very self-conscious of my writing, my writing, especially Mm -hmm. my acting, not as much my writing. I get really, I think because acting often is, is it's a team sport. And so like, even if you wrote a script and I'm acting it and it's a monologue, you're still with me because you wrote the words, you know, whereas if I'm words, it's very personal. Yeah, totally. So, so one of the first Okay, So one of the first projects that you created, was it um, the series, My Roommates and Escort? Was that one of the first projects like you solely created with Katie, but you created and sort of like from the ground up? Yeah, I'd say that's probably one of the, like before that
1: I had only produced short films.
0: Mm. So
1: that one was very much, yeah. Katie and I definitely created that from the ground up. That was, uh, we did season one and season two. So that was- very much like a trying to like learn as was like a learn as you go kind of yeah. i never ever i didn't even yeah, you don't even know at the time when you're gonna start doing something that there's gonna be two seasons, so it was definitely a uh, a learning experience
0: <laughs> well, and it's a huge i mean first of all, it's been nominated for a ton of awards it's won a ton of awards I mean it's a huge beast for. It's a huge endeavor to take on, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a huge thing to get a show going and to get the reception that you've got and the support that you behind you guys that you got. And so I guess Mm -hmm. I'm wondering now that you've made a bunch of other things come to fruition as well, looking back on that project as sort of the first like big haul, um, what's one of the biggest takeaways that you that you took, I guess that's a dumb word choice. What's the takeaway that you took from that show of like, wow, I was surprised that it was that way. Or I wish I knew this kind of thing.
1: I'm, I have a lot of people write to me on social media and ask for, you know, can we do, yeah. Like, can we do a caller? Can we do a coffee? Or Mm -hmm. I want to know how to get a project started. And I think the only thing I could tell anyone is that you're going to have to put in the work and it's going to be a lot of work Mm -hmm. because like, there's no, there's no like roadmap for this career. You kind of just have to like throw, throw yourself into the pool and just try to swim. (laughs) And (laughs) it is a collaborative community effort Mm -hmm. and, um, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. So if you feel like maybe you don't have, all of the skills to do everything, learn. Like I'm still learning from my producing partner, Rebecca. I'll, you know, there's definitely things that I am still learning about producing, but I'm learning and you, you don't have to know everything, but just be willing to learn and work with other people and find people that have the, a lot of people say, um, Oh, I'm a, like, I've written this show, but I don't know how to make it find a producer like find a line producer someone who's a producer who's familiar with that because it's such a collaborative thing so if you don't know something you don't have to do it alone that's mm-hmm. not how this business works so if you don't know something and you're afraid to start like just go like day by day but you're going to have to put in a lot of work mm-hmm. it really just comes down to like having a team collaborating and putting in the work and that's like the only advice i could really give people is that it's going to be, yeah, I didn't realize how all encompassing it would be. Like it's, you have to really sacrifice a lot. I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I had kids right now, if I'd be able to do everything I'm doing right now in this business. Actually, I don't think I would. Um, So it's going to be very time consuming and make sure it's what you, what you love doing Mm -hmm. and just like believe in yourself And if you're, yeah, just collaborate with other people, team up with people who have strengths in areas you maybe feel like you don't know that much about, but you don't need to know about every single area. You can learn as you go and just find your team and know that one person isn't going to know how to do every single thing. But that's, that's the beauty of it. Filmmaking has so many different people of so many different walks of life. And I think that's what you just have to like remember is that it's not all all going to be you. But if you have an idea, go for it. Hmm. Make it and have like a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, <laughs> I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've just learned a lot about. It's just it's it's a business, so it's going to take over. It's going to be your life and require a lot of hours that maybe you don't think it's going to require but it
0: yeah it does (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's busy well and I definitely like I think for the first maybe up until like this year honestly Mm -hmm. the whole time in my career I love a roadmap like I love a I love a a laid out plan. I love boundaries. I love, like, I just love that. I love knowing if you do this, this will happen. I mean, it's a comfort thing. It's a survival thing. Totally. But in this industry, uh, that doesn't, that's not happening. That is not helpful to me. It's not good. You know? And (laughs) I wonder like, did, uh, did coming up with your own path and figuring out how you wanted to do things like, did that come naturally to you or growing up? Were you more of a person who liked the safety in like guidelines and rules and things? I didn't like rules at all. I still don't, but I try to bite my tongue. Um, No, I'm actually
1: becoming more assertive because I wasn't assertive enough. So now I feel like I'm becoming more assertive. I wasn't really like, I've never been a huge rebel, but I really don't like rules. Like I just kind of, yeah, like in my head, I'm like, that's annoying that we have to be so regimented. Um, (laughs) We can't talk on set. What? Um, I like I get rules are in place for a reason. And I do know that things I'm not like, I'm no, I'm not like, I'm like a free spirited. I like, I like things to be kind of like different every day. I like, I've never loved rules. I'm more of one of those, like, we're going to fly by the seat of our pants naturally. But now I've learned that you have to like, have Calendars and oh, I love a calendar. Yeah, and schedules, and you have to prioritize time, and sometimes <laughs> you don't get to sleep um, because you need to fit in all the things in a day. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so i I'm, I'm not like one of those.
0: I'm learning to do more spreadsheets and stuff like that <laughs> well hey if you ever mm-hmm. listen Trish I love a good like I make spreadsheets for fun Sometimes I make a spreadsheet on something and I realize I didn't even need to spreadsheet this but I love it so if you ever need a spreadsheet I'm totally I'm seriously saying this if you and or Rebecca are ever like oh we're really busy we kind of need to organize this and do a spreadsheet uh, just text me and I'll <laughs> make a spreadsheet I That's love
1: awesome it. oh yeah. Yeah. You must be good with producing them because it's all about like the spreadsheets, actually any business. Like my sister has a construction company. So I also work in her office sometimes and there's lots of spreadsheets going on. Like I have become, I think that's also helped me Mm. one with the spreadsheet, but I feel like any business you run spreadsheets are your friend. Yeah, totally. I I was making a spreadsheet before we did this call. Oh, love it. It. Years ago, I would have made fun of people who made spreadsheets.
0: You know what? Sometimes they, I mean, no, I'm not even going to say sometimes I'm saying sometimes to seem cool. I'm going to say all the time is how I feel. They always make my life easier. Like they're just they organized and you can see things like I have one yeah. for this podcast with a whole calendar that shows me like what I need to do that day. I color code it oh, by promoting amazing. and recording, editing logistics, like everything's color coded. So I know every day what I need to do and I fill it out and it's, it, it
1: saves me. I, because That's you, awesome. You're an yeah. awesome person to have on on a team then when it comes to filmmaking because Trish. you definitely, we need that. We need that person on the production team who is super organized. I love and it. And usually I, I, it's yeah. like the ADs or the line producer or yeah. There's always like, you need that super organized person to like keep everyone on track. Yeah.
0: With like our, our, our Google Docs, <laughs> this is our calendar. Oh, I love <laughs> actually, all that. The emails, yeah. the scheduling people. Yeah. I actually yeah. remember the to-do list, the whiteboard, all the things. Oh, I love a to-do list. Let me tell you. It's oh yeah, my God. it's amazing. But I actually found like so early on when I first, I mean, really the things that I've produced have been like my own projects, but mm-hmm. the first time someone said, oh, you'd be a great producer. I actually got, and I'm fine now, but I got Scared because I thought I I sort of then didn't want to show that side of myself because I was afraid that they would no longer consider me
1: As an actor or acting.
0: Yeah, because I think they're funny it, it's, because I yeah. think it's the
1: opposite because when I now being on the other side of things When I'm producing I look at actors who have producing experience and those are the actors mm-hmm. I want to work with because mm-hmm. I'm like they get it. They get that. This is serious that this is a business they understand what's needed from them on the other side of the camera and what we're, where we're coming from. Whereas like some actors who don't have any of that experience, like sometimes they can come across as I've seen unprofessional actors who are just like, it's all about me. Everybody's mm. for me. I'm so funny. Look at me. And they're <laughs> completely obnoxious. Yeah. And it's like you're slowing down the day. There's other people here. You you have the, like everyone's working so hard. They've been here two hours before you were here. They're leaving two hours after you. Oh, this yeah. is not about you. Like do your job and stop causing a scene.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. You know, so I think it's yeah. I think it's
1: a good thing Thank when you. actors understand the the producing side
0: of things because then you just know they're going to be more professional. Mm-hmm. I found producing and well. Throughout the years, and this came, this was born out of insecurity, but now I'm, I'm glad that I did it. But I sort of felt like, oh my God, I, I, in order to deserve to be an actor, I need to understand everything. So I got jobs in casting and producing. I took an entire course on script supervising and worked as a script supervisor for a bit. Like I. That's awesome. But I like, I think really I was doing. Yeah. Right.
1: All the things, because you felt like that's what was
0: I was like doing all the things because I thought, well, i'm I'm not going to be valuable enough as quote, unquote, just an actor. And if so, and I felt like if I'm an actor, I need to know more things. And I will say, and so it was sort of born out of like instead of me just saying, like declaring I am an actor. Um, but I will say now, e- like even just script supervising, if I just look at that, acting now like I know so many other things about what's going to help them later in the edit or I know certain things like continuity every actor learning about continuity I feel like helps so much and so I think that yeah so
1: helpful and that's something that um yeah you have a lot you actually do have a lot to think about when you understand the editing process um I put this babe shirt I on. Love I love
0: that t-shirt. Babes I was going to say. Babes empower yes. babes. Babes empower Got babes. Super sexy flannel. <laughs> buttons. I have sweatpants on underneath this. The thing is with like, you can't tell anymore. So who cares? Yeah. It's it. all about, it. it's all about
1: comfort on the bottom. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, comfort on the top as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. On my last acting job, because I've been doing more producing and directing. In the past year, mm-hmm. so then on my last acting job, I found I was thinking more about continuity, whereas before years ago, I would wouldn't think about that as much. But now I realize that that is really helpful mm-hmm. as an actor if you're aware of that yeah. for the for the um, for the editor and for the director later on. Yeah,
0: like even small things. Yeah, I'm looking like if my hair is down in front over my collarbones during the shot. And then I'm doing the same scene, but like, I shouldn't be putting my hair behind my, like keep your hair exactly the same yeah. way it is. be aware. Like, did I tuck my hair behind my ear? Cause there's so many times. And I think actually my mom had like a sixth sense for this growing up when she would watch movies. She'd be like, oh, that wasn't, oh, that glass just appeared. Like she would just know. It takes you out of it. It does. be oh, yeah, a really good script supervisor. She would yeah, be really a fabulous does. script supervisor.
1: It takes you out of it. I was watching Mad Men the other day, which I love. It's so Mm, good. It took me years to watch it. I actually listened to John Draper on a podcast, um, the character who plays John Draper. And after listening to him on the podcast and realizing he's a legit comedian,
0: um,
1: Mm. John Hamm. Yeah. Or John Draper. John Hamm. John Hamm, Um, yeah. (laughs) But when he oh, so I listened to this podcast and I was like, oh, he's like a legit comedian. I have to watch Mad Men now. Like, why didn't I watch it all these years? So then my boyfriend got the DVD set and we're like old school watching Mad Men all the way through and it's such an amazing show. But there is, there was a scene the other day where one of the actresses, she wasn't one of the like lead actresses, but not that that's, I don't know. Anyways, whatever. So Maybe she won't be on the, all of the seasons, and then I won't have to watch her arms. But her <laughs> arms were, like, down by her side, and then they were, like, up, and her hands were under her chin, and then they were down by her side in the wide. And then in the
0: close-up, she has them, like, up at her chin, and I'm like, why? It's distracting. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It reminds you that you're not peeping into a fluid, like, real-life moment. It reminds you that it's a bunch of takes that are like clipped together in a studio. you know, it reminds you that it's actors and that they're not real.
1: And it just takes
0: you out of it. But
1: I mean, I'm still pretty into Mad Men. It's a pretty (laughs) good show. It's so good. It's so great. So I'll forgive her. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it was the editor. Maybe there was a wide shot where she did do that thing with the arms, but then he had to, or he or she had to use it for, another, I don't know, maybe it was, yeah, they had to scrap that one. Who knows? Mm -hmm.
0: knows? And at the end of the day, I know too, like these certain things with continuity, unless it's some sort of like murder mystery, you know, whatever. I know at the end of the day, they don't matter that much, but part of me just feels like, again, it's a team effort. All these people are putting in so many hours into creating this world. I don't, if I can help it, not -hmm. to the point of like neuroses, but if I can help it, I don't want to be the person that breaks that imaginary fourth wall. Like, I don't want to break that moment for the audience member. Let that be someone else. I can't handle that. that will break my heart. Um, (laughs) um, Okay. Now I know also, okay. So I know you did stand up before COVID before this year a little bit, but then you've really been diving into stand up this year. And I am so, I'm so excited to talk to you about this. I'm so intrigued. So typically for stand up and again this is like a blanket statement because every comedian is different but i know like typically for stand up when you're working through jokes you're going to um work out a joke in front of a live audience and see sort of what moments hit what don't you're going to do it a bunch of times to get like a consensus you know until you sort of have this polished joke polished joke yeah okay great um <laughs> and so I'm wondering I know you've been doing live shows online yeah. during COVID but also you've been doing some pre-recorded where you record yourself and then you mm-hmm. submit in so it's not live in that moment. So I'm wondering how has COVID changed the way that you approach working out your jokes and your sets and of figuring course. out what to change and what to keep? it's a good good question for so for the online shows because
1: you're always being recorded whereas mm. if you were to go and do a stand up show you're not being recorded every time unless maybe you bring a friend and you're like hey like get some footage of me cuz i want to put a clip on insta mm. um so because they were recorded every time, I was like, oh, well, that's already out there. So I'm just going to start fresh with like all new jokes. So I pretty much did new material every single show. Wow. Um, yeah, just to, I don't think I really like retold any jokes, but no, I wrote like different sets every time. But I don't know if like now I guess I could look back at all of those and see which ones did hit and then if I were to go perform live now, go and like use those ones that got laughs. But it's also really weird online because you don't really know what sometimes, like a lot of people will have their microphones muted mm-hmm. and it's only the other yeah. comedians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like <laughs> Other comedians you could hear because <laughs> the audience is like streaming it on Facebook or whatever platform. So they're sitting at home, they don't have a microphone on, so you don't know if they're laughing. And then the comedians are like, waiting for their turn. So they're doing stuff in their place, but they're there just to be present. So they put themselves on mute. And then, so sometimes you'll get like the odd laugh or two of just whoever has their microphone on. Yeah. But one time they were like, you know what? Like, I'm going to mute everyone just for Tr- Trish's up next. I'm going to mute everyone because sometimes there's some distractions in the background. Mm. So we're, we're just going to see what it's like to mute everyone. So I was like, okay, cool. So they mute everyone and it was the most awkward performance because I didn't get like one laugh and it was just dead silent and I could see myself like playing on my screen I could just see oh right back of just me so I was like doing this show to myself and not hearing anyone but myself and you don't know like maybe you are getting laughs yeah like oh god and then another time this other time I had gone for a bike ride and I stopped by a friend's house and she was like, Hey, like take this here. Do you want, like, I bought some edibles. Do you want an extra what? Like, do you want one of my extra ones? I have too many, like, and I don't like do edibles that often, but I, if, you know, if a friend gives me one, I'm going to have it. Right. So another time it was like a Sunday and I was like looking over at this edible I had and I was like, oh man, I never, I never did to eat that. Hmm. I eat. maybe i should eat that it's a sunday night i have nothing to do so i ate the edible and then i got this message and these guys were like hey trish like you're on in two minutes just wondering like you haven't signed in um is everything okay are you you're still coming on right and i'm like no, what do i do I can't be that person Wait, wait I first wait, wait, Trish, how
0: far okay hold on so oh my god this is amazing this is my nightmare on nightmare like online doing stand-up online plus you okay this is amazing okay so I need to know for the timeline I'm so sorry this is so funny how long how long so you took the edible and then how long yeah. after were they like you're on in two minutes like as soon as I was really high in my face oh was, no and like, I do every time,
1: like, I rarely do edibles. Anytime I have, it's been in a super awkward situation. Like, this producer invites me to his wedding, and I'm at the singles table. This was like last year. I was at the singles table with like my roommate at the time, and um, we're sit- sitting there. And this guy's like, Oh, do you want an edible? And I'm like, I don't know, I've never taken one. And he's like, Here you go. So I take one, and then I'm like, it's not doing anything. He's like, do you want another one? I'm like, yeah. And then
0: it hits. Isn't that like the cardinal rule? You don't take a second one, (laughs) even if you're not feeling it yet.
1: (laughs) I didn't know. And I was at this wedding, like totally high. Um, And then this time I took it and it's like, my face was, I had probably taken it like 20 minutes prior. So my face was numb. I actually felt like probably like the most high I've ever felt. No this like weed edible has me like feeling like I'm floating and my face is numb. And then I got this message and I was thinking, I can't be that person who says she's going to do something and doesn't show up. Oh no. Like number one rule is if you're going to say you're going to do something in this business, like number one rule is just showing up. You just show up and you're like halfway there. So I'm like, I can't say there's like an emergency. What do I do? Do I say there's an emer- there's been an emergency? No, because then they're
0: going to wonder what it is. Well, and your I'm problem solving longer. is probably a bit compromised. Like, let's be honest. There's you're not, not thinking straight where you're like, what could I say? You're probably like, I could say that I ran into a pig and he was talking for a long time. Like, you're probably right? just high thinking of these things that don't. I'm curling my hair picture. and it's taking a while. Like, what are you? Yeah. yeah no. I don't know.
1: So I was like, I have to just show up. And also didn't have a set written. So, oh, because that week I had signed up for a few of them, because that's Mm -hmm. the thing with the online ones. Once you do one, other people reach out and they're like, come to this night, come do this, come do this, because they see you online. So they line you up for all these shows. So I had lined up a few that week and they told me it was going to be 10 minutes long. And then two nights before that, I did what I thought was my last performance of the week. And I even had it written down just the worst. I should have had a spreadsheet. And after I did the (laughs) second last performance that I thought was my last one, I was like, that's weird. That was only a five minute set. I thought they said it was going to be 10 minutes. So then I get this message and these guys are like, so you're on in two and it's a 10 minute set. And I'm like, Oh, so I just signed in and just talked for 10 minutes as a friendly (laughs) high person and told them what happened They were like, Trish had some confusion
0: with the time zone. And I was like, that's not
1: true. I'll just (laughs) hide.
0: 10 minutes is long sober. Like 10 minutes is a good, chunky little set.
1: You definitely need to prepare for that. So, (laughs) and I couldn't even read my notes or anything from previous shows. I was just like, uh, so the only thing I remember that I said was the very last thing I said was (sighs) crying. I went for a walk this week, and I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna end on this. I went for a walk this week, and I saw a guy walking a cat on a leash. And then I just started crying. Out. <laughs> and then you started laughing at your own joke. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess there's no punchline there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that his cat was on a leash. It was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. Do you have a recording that you can watch back? You should totally watch that back. Oh, are you like, thank God you don't have a recording. Yeah, I don't know. If head, like, I, you know. I,
1: I don't personally have it. They might have it, but I've avoided these people and <laughs> the possibility of there being a recording of that set out there. Cause it was not a set. It was just like <sighs> ramble.
0: Oh my God. You know what? This is
1: what happens when weed gets legalized in Canada. (laughs) No, this is what happens when you don't have a spreadsheet. No,
0: I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah,
1: this is what happens when you don't have a spreadsheet. I'm sure it would have happened
0: regardless. (sighs) Oh my God. That is so funny. Also, it's it like I think people's choice, like I I learn a lot about you from that moment. That you're like, nope, I'm showing up anyway, and I'm gonna go do this, and we're just gonna be transparent about it. Like Yeah. Oh my god, that is hilarious. Ten minutes. It wasn't even like three minutes or five, like ten, minute ten minutes
1: of ramble, just rambling, just rambling. And I couldn't hear anyone back. There was no
0: laughter. So <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but the sad thing is like if you're it's live and there's no laughter, it well, exactly. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're live doing a stand-up sh- stand-up set and there's no laughter, that at least is, is feedback. Like you're getting feedback. Right. If you're in person, you can see
1: the faces and you're mm-hmm. like, I have to try something else. I'm just going to twerk like Brittany or something.
0: <laughs> just try something different. Something to make these people laugh. But even no laughter is, is information. Right. But online, yeah. if you can't see them and you can't hear them, they could either be not into it at all or fucking loving it and you can't tell. Like yeah. there just is really no no information. No. So working on sets is so hard. I wonder if like d- like really diving into writing stand-up over these past number of months during during COVID, um, how has that shifted you writing scripts? Oh, that's a really good question. How is it? Yeah. How has it influenced it or changed it in any way? I think
1: it does make the banter between characters a little bit more witty, but for uh, what I have noticed is I haven't really noticed a big change in, in writing, but I've noticed, um, just in everyday situations that mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like when you're going to improv classes all the time. And I would recommend those, cl- those classes to anyone, like no matter what you do with your life. Cause I think they're great. But It's kind of like when you're actively going to improv class, um, you start to see the funny or you feel like you're more like confident, you stand taller, you're more witty in the moment with people. Um, it's kind of like that where it just bleeds over into your life. So for me, I didn't notice as much with the writing, Mm. but I did notice, um, in my everyday life, finding situations, constantly, like constantly finding things funny. That I maybe wouldn't even notice before or think about, but picking out little situations and like linking them and finding a kind of like punchline or trying to like link things together. I found all the transitions when you're telling one joke to another, to another, I found writing those transitions um, was really, it was a really cool, exp- like just writing so much stand-up, I realized how much you can link things in life together like if you find five things funny that happened to you this week Mm -hmm. and then you sit down and you're like, how am I going to relate them all? There is always a way to speaking of and kind of transition and connect them all. Um, but the big, yeah, the biggest thing I noticed is just that you start to when you're like this, the past few weeks, I haven't done any at all. haven't done any shows because I've been filming now that we're, you know, able to get back to work on set. I've been doing that instead, but when I was doing all the stand-up shows, I was finding more things in my everyday life funny.
0: Mm. Well, it's like yeah. a muscle, right? I mean, it, it is a muscle doing it. Absolutely. Which, yeah. like, I always, whenever I was like, "Oh my god, I can't write stand-up or I can't write jokes," I'm like, "Hey, it's a muscle. Like, exercise it." But I think it so- is a muscle. Yeah. it,
1: it does get easier, and you do start to see. I don't know. Mine's. I just do a lot of situational comedy because I feel like that's the least like i don't want to be cruel through comedy i feel mm-hmm. like it's something that should just you know like i laugh a lot at like weird situations that i got into or that mm-hmm. i observed around me so it's all like situational um but i feel like yeah it's definitely a muscle and it's um the funny is there like the funny no matter who you are if you say like oh i can't i don't know you know i'm not funny yeah, you are. There's a lot of funny around you. Just like start observing and writing it down because you don't have to be funny. You just have to know how to like recognize the funny. Mm, like what you I find funny. funny. Yeah. yeah. I was watching, um, Linda Cash. She was the, um, Philadelphia cream cheese oh. person. She just passed on the wings and she's also in so many funny web series and TV series and feature films. And she's kind of like this mm. Canadian comedy icon, but she was talking about improv classes that she's teaching um on one of those breakfast television shows and i think it was breakfast on one of those morning shows in toronto and she was saying that she didn't think that she was funny and that she has like learned to find the funny or find the funny bone Mm -hmm. but it's hilarious like so funny to hear her say that because I would watch her and be like that lady is hilarious like anything she does is hilarious even if she's just talking on her like insta story or facebook story she's hilarious she is funny um but I think that's how like a lot of comedians are they don't think they're actually that funny or maybe they weren't like the funniest person at the table growing up but if you can just find the funny Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that is like just recognize it and then just like relay that information and then that's that's funny. Yeah. Being funny isn't necessarily like for everyone about this big like production of like putting on the like Jim Carrey faces and being like this like witty witty. Like, punchline, spot, like but I'm bunch, I got yeah, it's yeah, not. I've it's never not. I've definitely never been one of those people who could like come up with super witty things in the moment. I still don't think I do or that I'm funny in the moment. But if you can just like recognize funny. And then write it down <laughs> and then <laughs> perfor- perform it. You can do stand up.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. it's really just like, what do you find funny? Like, the, yeah. everybody finds things funny. So, if you found oh, yeah. it funny, someone else is bound to. I actually think it's so interesting to think about like when I was growing up, like when I was younger, most of the shows I was watching had laugh tracks. And so, oh, yeah. Right. And so, I realized. I think what you find funny um, not only like says a lot about who you are to other people, but it can be such an indication for yourself of who you are and what you like. And I think exercising that muscle is also information for yourself of like, oh, like you learn about yourself by seeing what you think is funny, you know? And there was laugh tracks going up, growing up, and I would laugh and realizing now, like rewatching Friends, for example, there's some jokes where I'm like, that's so problematic. When I was, or, or, or it was like not problematic, but it was like a sex joke that I laughed at as a kid that I clearly didn't understand, but I was laughing because there was a, I was laughing because other people were telling me I'm supposed to find it funny. Right, because of the laugh track. Yeah, and now, I mean, you know, after laugh tracks, but also just now realizing, but what do I think, like, what do I specifically think is funny? You know, especially as a people pleaser, if I go to a stand, a live standup show, I will watch and I will laugh. I realized I will laugh at things that I don't think are funny because I want to make the person on stage feel good. Yeah. But being able to like even watch, ironically now from the other side, watch stand up online and I, you know, they don't let you have, like I don't have my video on, I'm muted. I only need to laugh when it's natural and it's wonderful. You learn about what you think is funny. So, okay, so I know this is a long-winded, but what what I'm sort of interested in is like, during, before COVID, as a live performer, no matter what it is, or, or as as an actor, as a writer, you're getting all this feedback, right? Like from people who are reading your scripts, from people who are seeing your shows, from people online, from people in real life saying, oh my God, Trish, I saw this short film you were in, it was so good. Oh, I saw you were nominated. All this feedback constantly from people, right? In comedy mm-hmm. venues, everywhere. And now during COVID, I'm finding there's so much less Feedback because really, if I turn off my phone, I'm getting no feedback from anybody. I'm getting no information, no commentary on what people think of me and my art. And it's shifting my creative voice because I'm real, or my voice is just getting louder because there's less commentary from everybody. And I'm Mm -hmm. wondering you doing stand up during this time or like really diving deeper into it. And that's gonna so much talk about your voice. How has your creative voice or your professional voice shifted during COVID now that you have less? feedback around you constantly as an artist?
1: I think for me, it's just kind of like allowed me to just kind of play a bit more. Mm. And I feel like, you know, maybe some, i played around with like some goofy during isolation. I was playing around with like some goofy little character sketches on my cell phone. And I really feel like it's not necessarily like anything I've done before or like any of my, you know, things are going to be a different quality on your cell phone or you're just going to experiment when you have all the time in the world and you're in a a house alone without your friends. So I Mm -hmm. really do feel like I kind of like found a more like goofy side. Mm. Whereas, you know, they're always telling you to play everything so natural, even when it's comedy. So I felt like I just kind of like let loose Started doing like Carol Baskin impressions. Hey, all you cool <laughs> cats and kittens, it's Carol Baskin. Kitty cat, meow, meow, kitty cat.
0: I just saw she's on, she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. I'm yes, like, what?
1: She's ridiculous. She's not a good dancer. Well, that'll be great oh, yeah. fodder
0: for your, for your yeah. impressions. If you want to go physicality as well. <laughs> oh yeah. She like
1: danced, she dressed up as a lion the other day and she's <gasps> dancing. She's, she's entertaining. But, um, now that it, we're back into like things are opened up and we're, who knows if it'll shut down again. But, um, I got the chance to play a character, um, top dog on this prison comedy, Pink is In. And when I was on set, that character, like I found like I was just more confident in the physical comedy and like doing things with my eyebrows and not just always playing everything so natural. Mm -hmm. And, um, and just like doing different characters at home. I kind of, I feel like when I read a script, a character voice just comes at me and I kind of like have different mannerisms or a bit of a different voice or tone for each character that I play. And I really do feel like playing around and just being like, just letting it all go and not worrying about what like everyone's saying or what like, you know, the agents are saying or the casting directors are saying, or this um, mentor is saying, or this coach or that coach at at a class, like I was just kind of like, I'm just going to do what I feel like is is going to entertain me and make me feel fulfilled right now. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like that does help you find your voice when you're not always going out and like doing classes and getting feedback from other people. It's kind of nice to, yeah, just sit with your own instincts sometimes and find your style. And I kind of discovered that over the top comedy <laughs> is my, like, I would love to just do physical oh. comedy where I get to like move my face a little bit and make like goofy faces or weird voices like I just I really want to do comedy for life and as an actor if I could just do comedy and do like some really ridiculous stuff I would love that because I had so much fun on Pink is In and I do feel like by yeah just by having that like reset and time Mm -hmm. alone with myself and like nothing but a cell phone to make little and literally we were in isolation so um yeah, just to like make stuff on your own and still kind of get creative. I feel like it kind of the comedy online nights and the like creating little like TikTok style videos or what kind of like of impressions or what kind of got me through. And I feel like it didn't hurt me. I feel like I've, if anything, grown or found my own voice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like that was a long winded answer.
0: Um, I love it. I love a long winded answer.
1: But yeah, I think it was nice to have like a reset and realize like what your style is. And I just, I don't know, I really appreciate comedy. So Mm -hmm. I think you should just like, just find your voice and be that person and like don't listen to other people being like, oh, you should be this person though. You're this girl or you're this person or you're this. It's like if you really love doing something, make your own work and do that thing to show people that that's what you like to do. And then maybe they'll also give you jobs doing that
0: thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's the, I mean, back to the adorn ask and you shall receive. I feel like that's a, that's a, I think that's a scripture thing, but no, I totally, it's like people can't read your mind. If, if you want to do comedy or you want, or if I want to do more, whatever, like you got to put it out there, you got to say it. So people actually know. And then when they have something where they're like, Oh, I actually remember she, she said she wanted to do that. Like, great. I'm going to ask her. Yes. Yes. Put it out there. And I used to
1: be afraid to put anything out there to like ask anyone about things. Um, cause I felt like I, I was being pushy, but I think it's good to tell people like, I, I don't know. I've had people message me and be like, Hey, I saw you're filming this thing. If there's a role for me, whereas mm-hmm. I would have been so shy to reach out to like, if I saw like a few years ago, if I saw someone was making something I really wanted to be a part of, I would message them and ask them to be a part of it. I'd be yeah. like, so I have to play like Demir, and maybe they'll come to me. No, like, screw that. Just ask for what you want. And yes, if those people are like, no, I don't have a role for you, cool. But like, keep making your own little, we have no excuse now. There are people who are like, there are, you know, people who are t- teachers and they're on TikTok, and now they're like, a known comedian because <laughs> yeah. their TikTok's gone viral. So there are funny yeah. people out there making content with their cell phone and going viral. And that's not even what they're pursuing for their life. They're not. Yeah. Pursuing so like actors have no excuse. Now you have to create your own things and put out the voice that you want
0: mm-hmm. to
1: share. And there's nothing stopping you.
0: Yeah. Technology, you know, like we said, we can film things on our phone or over zoom and like you said too, technology allows you to go on like a Facebook group or go on somewhere and say, Hey, um, I want to shoot this thing, but like I've written this little thing that I want to shoot on my phone, but I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to do this. And like getting yeah. people involved and for sure. I mean, it's, it's asking for help. It's asking, it's believing that you have value enough to ask people to partner with you. And that's something like, I'm not great at, but mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you that like you gotta, you gotta put out there what you want and you got to ask yeah. people and you're right. If people don't, if people don't have an opportunity for you, great. But at least they know that you're interested. Cause most of the time people yeah. don't think people aren't thinking like, I know when I was creating my work, I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh my God, everyone wants to be a part of this. I was actually like, no, oh, you don't think like how am I going to get
1: people to be a part of it? Yeah, exactly.
0: I was like, oh, I want to ask this person, but they're not going to want to do it, you know? And that was a moment where I had to really later reflect and be like, remember all those times when people were doing stuff and you wanted to be a part of it? And you assume like, people are assumed just-
1: you yeah. just be, yeah. And you don't ask them because you don't want to push. And you're like, well, if they wanted me, they'd ask me, but maybe yeah. they're just so overwhelmed with all the production things that they're like, it's like when somebody says, what's the name of that thing? And then you can't think of it. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're like looking for actors, you're like, oh, who do we ask? Like, who would want, first of all, want to do this? Who can I think of? Like you get, it is nice to have people reach out to you. And it also shows, even if you don't have a role for them, it's also kind of nice. Cause you're like, wow, they're passionate about what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And if they ask in the right way, cause they're like, hey, that sounds like a really cool project. I would love to be a part of that. Um, if they're just like, give me a
0: role. Where's my role? You're going to be like, you don't even care yeah, like, uh, you care about the project. Yeah.
1: So there's a way to go about it too. Mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah. Like, have the right intentions, you know, yeah, and be right
1: yeah. And they really do seem excited about the things that you've made in the past or like what you're making now. And they just are like, Hey, like, I really like respect what you're doing. I would love to be a part of something that, you know, if they go about it in the right way, then it's actually like really helpful. And even if you don't have something for them, it's like, wow, thank you so much. I'll keep that in mind for the future. Now I know that you're like enthusiastic and want to team up Mm -hmm. Um, and it usually leads to something or, you know, I, yeah, there's yeah. Just
0: like reach out. Don't be shy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I'm, I'm like, I'm working on that. (laughs) I'm trying to work on that. (laughs) Post in those groups. Yes. Yes. Because then people will come to you. It's a good baby step. You can post and then people will come to you. Totally. Yeah.
1: Like I, I made this and I really need someone with this expertise. People are actually like enthusiastic about it. Whereas you think like they won't want to work on this.
0: So we are now going to, we're getting a little tour of the hotel. Love it. There's a bed. Oh, nice. Oh, it is a nice big bed. I feel like I should say this is where the magic happens. Oh, wow. Because that's what they say on the They do. Wow, three pictures fit above that bed. That's a big bed. I couldn't even say that. Three pictures fit above that bed. That's you know what? Idea.
1: That is a big bed. There's four <laughs> pillows, and it's, like, it's huge. I'm, like, I'm going to have the best sleep. Totally. You should just, like, roll around for fun. So I do this thing. I wake up and I twist all the sheets and I like wrap myself into a cocoon and I don't realize I'm doing it. I've taken pictures of the sheets in the morning because it's so ridiculous. They will be twisted into like a
0: cocoon <laughs> ball. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun doing that tonight. <laughs> this will be all twisted. like completely. Well, if you remember, please send me a, text me a picture of the cocoon because I would love I'll, to I'll see it. I'll text
1: a photo in the morning if it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's cocoony
0: (laughs) cocoony. Um, so earlier in the conversation, you said something and it just keeps popping up in my head. And I, I feel like I want to acknowledge it that you said earlier, um, that, you know, you've been working on so many projects with Rebecca and on your own. And that if you had kids, you're not sure if you'd be able to do it right now or, or no, you wouldn't Uh be able to. I just want to say like, I totally feel you on that. And I, I sometimes think like, I think, okay, I'll figure out if I'm going to have kids later. Cause I think how the fuck would I have kids right now (laughs) with like, sometimes I like logistically, I'm like, how would I do that? And whether I want kids or not, I don't know, but, uh, but I'll figure that out later. But that is sometimes a stress where I just think like, and I think too, I never want to ask another um, female artist because I feel, I don't want to feed into that thing of like, oh, hey, woman, how are you going to have it all? And like, oh, yeah. mom in a professional. I never, I just want to be like, yeah, yeah, you can have it all. Like, of course you can. That's We don't need to talk about it. But then in my heart, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do that? So I just yeah. appreciate you saying that. And I just wanted to say, like, I totally hear you. I have no idea how I will do it if I will, because <laughs> maybe I'll choose not to have kids because maybe I won't want them. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes I feel like it's not even an option with this career because I don't know how to do it. But then, you know what I do? I think of people that I know not well, like I know of or I've yeah. met who are moms who are uh-huh. fucking amazing creatives yeah, and creators. I feel like creatives uh-huh. is a weird word to use creators. And I'm like, well, they're fucking doing it. I'm going to do yeah. it. You know, like the, for example, the women on work and moms, are like the lead actresses. They're moms. They're moms and, in real life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. I love that show so much. It's so good. Or like Aurora Brown on Baroness Von Sketch. I think of her, Paloma Nunez, who I had on here. Like, mm-hmm. I think of these people, Sarah Hillier. I'm like, these are people who have kids who are fucking, who have kids They're and who are so fucking much. awesome in their career. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. Yeah. And I think, I think you saying that actually also like, thank you, because it's sort of also gifted me this thing of like, I also need to reach out about that because I'm, I'm asked, yeah. you know, I want to ask from a genuine place of like, I really don't know if I would be able to do it. And if I want to, I don't want to rule out having kids because I think I wouldn't be able to do both. Um, yeah. You know, and I don't want to hold back asking because, because of what stupid dudes are asking women. You know yeah. I mean? So thank you for, yeah, I just, I yeah, like, thank you for mentioning that.
1: Oh yeah. It's um yeah. I get what you're saying though. It's like different asking somebody else who's doing it. Like somebody who is a mom and has an awesome career. It's almost like you feel like you're, you would feel like you're being negative or like, yeah, I don't know it's like, you don't want to go there and ask them that because you don't want to insult or be like, how are you? Yeah. Like, how are you doing it? It's like, of course they're doing it because they're, you know. People that are just working hard and doing raising humans, and it's definitely like it's just. I feel like it's like you could say it about yourself. Mm -hmm. You can be like, I don't know how I would do that, but then Mm -hmm. to go and ask somebody else how they do it, yeah, it could be taken like, I guess in in different ways. But I guess I just see it with my sister. She has three kids, Mm -hmm. and they're, they're small kids, and they're really busy. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice hanging out with them. Hmm. when they go home two hours later and then I can like get back to doing whatever I'm doing, like watching films for the film festival or whatever um, or self tape. What do you do if you have like, I don't know. I don't know. I have, like, it gives me, yeah, it, it worries me. I'm like, I might want to have kids, but then I know I definitely like, I can still do this. Mm-hmm. I can for sure but just not at all the crazy hours that I do it now. And maybe I wouldn't go out of town as much or I, I don't know.
0: I don't but know. I, or maybe I you would. Think like it I, a
1: lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've about it a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to ask people who are doing it, how they do it. Because then I don't want to sound like I'm like being negative about what they're doing or like, I, it's like, I wanna, I don't wanna, I
0: don't know how to touch that topic,
1: especially when you're a non-mom. I'm like, I know. And you know what I think
0: it is too about it is like if I ask, I don't want um because I so so believe like, well, would you be asking a guy the same question? Would you be asking a father the same question? And my answer is no, because I'll never be a father. I wanna hear from a mother because that's what I'm gonna be if I wanna have kids or if I do have kids. But so I think it's hard. You know what? It's hard to ask the question. And, and I, I'm afraid that I won't be able to adequately communicate my intention in the question. Yes. Yes. That's what it is is. that I'm going to fail in that. And I'm going to make them feel shitty in some way when really I'm like, you're fucking that you're asking like, like, how do you mop the (laughs) floor? It'll look so pretty. Yeah, exactly. Too, and I'm How sex- are you?
1: Oh, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Exactly. When yeah. really I'm like, hey, you are fucking rocking this, and I want to be able to do that. And I specifically don't know if me, if I can do that, but I hope I can. Yeah. Do you have any tips? Like, so I yeah, I feel it- like
1: I feel like anyone probably like anyone who who I've talked to who's a mom, like my own mom, they don't think they can do it. Like they were like us. They didn't think they could do it, and the thought mm-hmm. of doing that like overwhelmed them until they just did it. Yes. Totally. I saw one of my girlfriends and I was like, I did ask a girlfriend, like how the heck do you do it? Like I feel like I can't do anything and I don't have lives relying on me. And yeah. she was like, it's she's like, you're an actor. It's improv every day. She's like, I improv every day, mm-hmm. but with children and my life. <laughs> and she's like, you just like learn as you go. Yeah. I don't know she's like. I just deal with it because I'm dealing with it. She's like, you just do it. You just do the thing every day. That's if that what doesn't it work, is. you do something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: how she explained it.
0: It's like you were saying, you know, if I had kids, like, and I got a self tape, like, how would I do that? And immediately yeah. I was like, or how are they do? And it's like, well, you'll just do it because you have to do it. Yeah. Like, I guess that's really or the you, Or you pass or you
1: pass. Yeah. Anything. Like, is it worth it? It's just a job. This one's not worth it hmm Absolutely. And you say, I've got my kid. Yeah. You say yes to different things. I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It gives me, gives me anxiety thinking about it. Yeah. Me too. But I used to always think, I used to always think like, oh, no way. Like I'll never have kids because I'm doing
0: this. This is
1: my thing. Like this is what I'm doing. And now I'm like, there's also beauty in having a balance to your life and especially relocating to my hometown and now hanging out with my nieces and my nephew Aww. and my sisters and my mom. And, you know, now that I'm balancing my life a little bit more, even though I'm still like crazy busy with film stuff, I do take the moments that I do have free and being in my hometown. Now I spend them with family. Aww. Whereas when I was off in Toronto and I didn't have any family there, um, I wasn't seeing my family at all for months. So now I feel like I have a bit more of a balance. And I'm like, okay, this balance thing is good. Mm. So I guess you would just adjust and create more of a
0: balance and absolutely boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. You're
1: so great. And you'd work in different areas. Like I feel like there's always something, right? Like you could go to uh, like you would say, Oh, I'm gonna write, but maybe I'm not gonna take X, Y, you know, maybe I won't take a script supervisor job on a set for a month where I'm off and working 15 hour. Day. Like, I think there are just, you just like adjust and you're like, well, I'm going to do this part of the business, but this part of the business. Because a lot of people do have, wear many hats and will do mm-hmm. many jobs. And I think you would just kind of adjust and be like, no to that thing. Yes to that thing. Like, I know an AD who became an agent. So she was like, no to ADing.
0: Mm. Yes to being
1: an agent now that she has children. I don't know. Yeah. No, moms are superheroes. Oh, oh they
0: a hundred percent. I mean, honestly, as soon as they're growing that little babe inside them, I'm like, you are yeah, you're a, a superhero. superhero. Like,
1: you're literally you're, a
0: superhero. You're like making, you're doing magic. Yeah. Like you're like, so I think witches are like amazing. Like wizards. Sure. I just feel like the word witch has like a bad connotation, but like, when women are pregnant, I'm like, you're a witch and you're like growing magic, like in the most amazing way. Like <laughs> I just, so yeah. Like when my friend was pregnant and, and my friend, Katie, she listens to this podcast. Hi, Katie. Love you. Hey, hi, um, hi, Katie. Give your daughter, Millie a snuggle for me. Uh, when she was pregnant with her daughter, Amelia, Millie. Um, yeah. Cute. So Oh, so cute. I love that name. It, and oh, it's so beautiful. A nickname. Oh, it's so amazing. And she's the most like beautiful, radiant little, little lady. Um, but when she was pregnant and I was like with her in person, Mm -hmm. sometimes I found myself, I don't think I've ever told her this. Sometimes I found myself sort of just like, like I would snap back into reality because I realized I was sort of just fixated on like, you're growing a human. And like, as I'm thinking this, you're, did you just grow Amelia? Well, we didn't know it was Amelia at the time. but Like, did you just grow that baby's little heart? Like while you're like eating the sandwich with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're on a patio. It's like, Hey, we're just sitting
1: here and I'm drinking Rose, but like you are literally producing a human heart in your belly right now.
0: Like I didn't do anything like that today. How are you? (laughs) Exactly. And like, if I asked Katie right there and maybe she would, Katie, let me know, text me while you're listening to this. But like if I Mm -hmm. asked her right (laughs) that moment, if I could scientifically figure out that she was in the process of building Millie's tiny little rib cage. If I asked Katie, what is a rib cage made of? Like other than bones, like how does it grow? She couldn't tell me, but her body but knows. her body just did it. She I couldn't know. fill out an anatomy chart. That Love you, Katie. Crazy. Katie's very intelligent, but she couldn't Amazing. fill out an anatomy chart. I couldn't, but her body knows. Like that to me is magical. You're a magical witch. Magical. Like you should be praised from now until eternity. Every single mother. That's how- magic. It's magic. It's magic. Okay. So, to, 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 I'm just like in awe right now.
1: Um, I know. I'm in awe too. Just thinking about that now. Every time I see someone who's having a baby, I'm gonna be like, "Wow, like,
0: rib cages. She's building a rib cage. She's building a, or like she's building a heart that is and literally going. That's she's a building brain. a brain. She's building a brain that is going the to encompass so all of Millie's thoughts and dreams and. And opinions for the rest of her life. She's going to grow a heart that is going to beat in order to keep Amelia alive for her entire life while she's just having a BLT with me on a patio. How the fuck does that happen? Because she's a magical witch and every woman yep. is a magical witch. And that's why women have
1: been oppressed over the years because men are so threatened by that superhero power.
0: Oh, I'm going to drink to that. I'm just, that is,
1: yeah. I have drink to that too. Mine's empty
0: now. Oh no, your paper cup. Hang on. I got more. I got more where that came from. Got more. We got got a, we got a cheers to these magical witches. Yes, we do.
1: Cheers to all the magical witches. Cheers to
0: all AKA moms. Cheers to all the mamas that we mentioned and haven't mentioned. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. So to wrap up with you, um, I just have a couple little, little final questions for you. Um, Okay. okay. So you, you, Dabble and dive in so many facets of the industry, which I fucking love. And I'm wondering, what is something creatively or professionally that you've been really wanting to do that you haven't been able to do yet or you haven't started yet? Ooh. Ask and you shall receive, Trish. Let's put it out there for the world. Oh my goodness. What would I like <laughs> to do?
1: I would love. Yes. So crazy. Your eyes. You're so sweet. I would love, <laughs> I would love, to play a country singer and like get voice lessons and have to sing because that is my biggest fear. But sometimes I sing on TikTok, um, but I do it in like a like mimicking voices. Mm. Like I like to, I can imitate a voice, but I will never sing in front of a crowd. Well, that's not true. I do go to karaoke, but I just want—I've always wanted to be a singer so bad, and I was not. Blessed with an amazing voice, but I can sing country music. I think I have a pretty good country music voice, and it would be like a dream to get up and like imagine performing. And I'm not musical at all; like I can't play instruments. I like failed piano when I was a kid, (laughs) and then my parents were just like, "Well, she is the child that cannot play." And in in grade nine, trumpet, I had to play trumpet in grade nine, and I. Pretended I was playing for the whole year, got away with it. Sat next what? to the guy who's now a doctor, so I just like imitated what he <laughs> was doing, and got away with it until the playing exam. And then they just laughed and they're like, "Oops, how did we let you get away with that?" All yeah, year? they were like,
0: "That this is on us. Truly, this is on, this us. Is on us." At this, this is point, definitely
1: our downfall. We can't fail you and say that you can't play because then our superiors will be like. You failed at teaching um oh my god so we're like you get an so, a plus yeah music <laughs> is something that like and in drama class in high school there was a singing day and everyone was like trish you want to be a singer when you grow up because i like would always tell my like closest friends i want to be a singer but don't tell anyone and um i would sing all the time at home and then in drama class they were like the singing day is coming up what are you going to sing and i was like i'm skipping class and I like, at the time, I don't think I'd ever skipped a class. I wasn't like that big of a rebel. And I skipped the class because I was too afraid to sing in front of people. And that's how I feel about singing. Cause it's, remember how you said with writing, it's your words. So it's yes. very personal. Yeah. That's how I felt with singing. I'm like, this is my voice. This is like, it's personal. It's like your soul. soul. Yeah. It. It's your soul. So my dream would be to like stand on a stage and like get to like perform for a huge audience, but it would have to be, I guess if it was like a role because I would need like some, I would need to be someone not, who's not Trish to do this. I would need to be like a character and I would probably need some vocal help.
0: Oh, I love that. All right. Listen, vocal coaches out there who may be specialize in country music. I don't know if that's a thing. Like, I'm not sure if I'm maybe misspeaking, but if you do, Asking you shall receive hit out trash. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Okay. Um, when was the last time that you felt really victorious or really proud of yourself?
1: it's a good question. I mean, I do kind of feel, well, you know, I do kind of feel like I always said, I. Like, wouldn't direct cuz i was like writing and producing and acting and i always said like oh no i won't direct like that's not like i'm not like the leader of the group like that's not my like me like i, I can't i can't do that that's so hard <laughs> um and then finally like about a year ago it's like okay i'm going to do it and now it makes like i do feel pretty like i do feel like a sense of pride directing because it's something that I was afraid to do. Mm. And it's something that actually, if you are writing, it just kind of is like a natural step. And it's nice to be there in like the final, like in the editing suite with the editor and like putting the final pieces together. And um, I do kind of feel like when you see a rough assembly, it's like, oh no, this should be here. And this should be here. And this needs to be cut and this could be cut back. And I feel like I'm unleashing some skills that maybe I was afraid to like, I was afraid to be like, I could do this because mm-hmm. it just seemed like this scary thing or like, what if I, what if I fail? But it's actually something that does give me like a sense of pride in projects because if you're going to be writing them or producing them, it's nice sometimes to also direct because then you're there till they, you're there for every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Um So that gives me some sense of like, I think I just feel like a sense of pride in anything that I take on that I was afraid to do at one point in my life. So even acting like as a kid, I was terrified of speaking. I couldn't speak in front of the class. I would just like stutter and then shut down and not go ahead with my speeches and I'd get exempt from them. Um, So I think just anything, like everything in this business has been a challenge and nothing just comes supernaturally or easy so I think it's like this is what my passion is telling stories and creating films with other people and it's not something that I ever thought I would do growing up in Mm -hmm. Sault Ste. Marie and it's something that I always kind of wanted to do and a voice always said I wanted to do it but um, I had a lot of people like try to talk me out of it over the years like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Don't you want to just get like a real job? Mm. So not only did I have like my own doubts, but then I also had like other people trying to talk me out of it. And I just had to let my, you can do it voice be louder than my own doubts and like cheer for myself and believe in myself along the way. And I guess like anything that I'm doing now is something that I was afraid at one point to do, or like other people were afraid to have me do. So I feel like I do have a sense of pride in like anything in filmmaking that I do, because it's not just stuff that it wasn't like the path wasn't just like there. And it's not like, Hey, I'm just going to go and take the schooling and then do this thing. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure. Mm -hmm. And you do have to like ultimately really believe that you can do the work because people will try to talk you out of it and it's Fuck. not like the most conventional path. So, yeah. So I feel yeah. like that's, um, I, so I guess a recent time when I felt proud was probably in the editing suite um, recently with Rebecca and our editor, Hari on a project that we co-directed. That was like, and yeah, if it, and we're very much on the same page. We're both like, Oh, yeah, that could be like this. That should be like this. Yeah, I agree. That could go over there. So it's, yeah, it's just been like a really collaborative effort. And I feel like it's given me some confidence like, hey, I can
0: do this. Fuck yeah. You can totally do this. Yeah, Yeah, I can too. Thanks, Tray. And you
1: listening, you can do it too.
0: You can do it. And you can do it. it. And you can do it. Everyone look under your chair. Confidence. Exactly. I was thinking of over it too. Yeah, totally you get some confidence confidence. and you get some confidence. I love that. Oh, all right. And my final question for you. Okay. So do you know the game, um, marry, fuck, kill? Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you three things and you got to choose one to marry one to fuck and one to kill. All right. Your three things are acting, writing, and directing. Um, Acting, I want to marry
1: because it's so like it's so exciting and you just want it in your life forever
0: because it's so fun. Oh, I love that. (laughs) What were the other two? Uh writing and directing. You can either one you have to fuck, and I should say it's not like fuck you, it's like have sex with. So be be a lover with. Um, and the other one is kill. Never again.
1: Oh, I would have I would have sex with writing because it's romantic. So like poems are writing. So I feel like having sex with writing could be a very sensual experience, be a nice little lover and then
0: kill, I guess just kill, kill. directing because I feel bad because you just <laughs> were talking about how much you love it and it empowers you. And now I'm asking you a question that forces like, you to kill it. it. You are going to kill it because you're making me kill You're making me kill one thing I loved. You know Thanks what? You are a beautiful, magical witch and you can make it come back to life.
1: Oh, yeah. I would do that. I would just grow it in my stomach. In your womb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. would grow its ribcage and make it come back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> While you're writing and acting in something, you could grow your directing baby and then give birth to it.
1: And then give birth to it and then do it all over
0: again. Oh, circle of life. The circle yes. of life. life. Trish is singing. What's up there? You saying Lion King. I can't not sing to Lion. Right. Any anytime someone's like na 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 those aren't the words, but the beginning it's, of the circle of life. Oh, it sounded
1: so like you were gonna it. sing Gwen Stefani.
0: Na 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 na. Oh my. Na 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 na. I guess I everything. Was <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so so much for being here today and being a part of this i adore you i adorn you respectfully because i'm not sure what that word means so i just mean that with the utmost <laughs> respect because i don't really know what that means um and thank you so much for being a part of this today with me that was so great yeah this is was awesome thanks for chatting okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage podcast. If you liked what you heard, please help me out by leaving a rating or a comment on your Apple podcast app or on YouTube or wherever you might be listening from. And if you're like me and you have an awful memory, or you just don't want to have to remember when the next episode comes out, hit that subscribe button and the newest episode will automatically download for you. Just like magic. I love it. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at LiquidCouragePodcast and on Twitter at Liquid C Podcast. And if you're still listening, I wanna remind you that a pandemic is still taking place. And I don't say that to be a buzzkill or to scare you but to ask you to please, please continue or start wearing your mask when you're out of your house and around other people. We should be treating people how we want to be treated. And if you want to be safe and healthy, respect the health and safety of the people around you. Please. Thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Stay safe and take care.